you're about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Prophetess Renee Montgomery ministers a rhema word entitled The Parallel Meaning of the Passover. Stay tuned. right now. Lord God, take your word, Lord God, and let it get down into the deep soils of their heart, Lord God, that this word may produce fruit for your kingdom, Lord God. We pray, oh God, for transformation, Lord God. Take this word and renew our minds, Lord God, that we may not sin against you, Lord God. Take it, Lord God, and shift our faiths to another realm and another level of you, Lord God. We take this word, Lord God, and oh God, we will have a high expectation for what you are about to do in this earth realm, Lord God. Break up the follow ground, Lord God. Break up the follow ground in our minds, Lord God. Shift our thinkings, Lord God, that we may receive your word, Lord God. Transform us, Lord God. I pray, oh God, that someone is saved, Lord God, that someone is filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, Lord God. I pray, oh God, that breakthrough would occur. I pray, oh God, that minds will be shifted, Lord God, that deliverance will take place, Lord God. Have your way in the midst of us, Lord God. Have your way in the midst of us, Lord God. I feel your presence, Lord God. I yield over to the Holy Spirit. You speak through me, oh God. I have ears to hear what thus saith the Lord. Have your way. Have your way. Come on. Have your way. 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 Do a work, God. Do a work, God. Do a work, God. Cut past the superficial and go straight to the supernatural. Cut past our fleshly thinking. Oh, God, and do a work in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, and somebody say in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all, all over the building. Open up your mouth. Come on, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Put your hands together. Let me tell you a secret. 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 Something happens when you bring a heart of expectation before the word comes. Something different happens when you're ready to receive it and you came with an expectation. You begin to draw from the individual that's giving the word. But when you sit there and you just wait, I'm waiting to get mine, then something doesn't happen. See, the woman that came with an issue of blood, she had an expectation that she was about to hear from Jesus. You can be seated in the place. She had an expectation that God was going to meet her need. Every time you come to hear the word, have an expectation. And she drew from Jesus. Jesus didn't have to touch her. Jesus didn't have to lay hands on her. But she came with an expectation. And when you come into the house of the Lord, Regardless of what has happened to you minutes before, regardless of what has happened to you the week before, the secret lies in the fact that you know with God all things are possible. And when you come in with an expectation and not a spectative spirit, the spirit of the Lord begins to move and things that you came in here with, you will not leave out of the place the same way. So now did anybody come with an expectation? Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory be to God. 
come on, if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter. And we're going to be reading a number of scriptures today. So I'd like for you to write them down. And we're going to put them in the chat or the comment section. So if somebody could put these in the comment section for me. Exodus 12. And we're going to begin at the 21st verse. Exodus 12 and 21. And then we're going to go to John 1 and 29. And from there, we're going to go to Luke, the 22nd chapter, starting at the 11th verse. So Exodus 12, 21, John 1 and 29, and then we'll start at Luke, the 22nd chapter, and we'll start at verse 11. Hallelujah. All right. Once you have Exodus 12, I want you to say, I got it. Come on, you can even put in the comment section, I got it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Anybody need a little extra time? Y'all know what prophetess say. Just say, hold up. All right, I'll wait a minute. But hurry up and get there. Hallelujah. Joking, hallelujah. I want you to put your eyes on the word of God today. Very familiar passage of scripture. Very familiar passage of scripture. And the Lord gave me a subject for today's message. And the subject is the parallel meaning of Passover. The parallel meaning of Passover. And as you are finding the scripture, we are entering into a season where those of the Jewish faith, they celebrate Passover. And Passover this year will actually take place on Wednesday of this upcoming week and we are entering into a season where believers and Christians we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Jesus Christ but the Lord sent me here today to tell you there is a parallel meaning in Passover and when you understand why the Jewish people celebrate Passover and they celebrate it till this day and you understand the implications of the resurrection he says that there is a prophetic word that he desires to share with this body on today those of you who are watching this is an amazing time to be alive you may look at things that are going on in this world you may look at the situation that is going on in our, pol pol our politics you may look at the school shootings you may look at the devastation that is happening, but there is a prophetic reason why you are still here. Why is it that you were born for such a time as this? Why is it that you are a believer in such a time as this? You could have been placed in this earth realm in any dispensation of time, but God saw fit that you would be sitting right here in 2023. God saw fit that you would survive the COVID pandemic. God saw fit that you would survive the depression and that you would survive the recession God has a plan and a purpose for your life those of you who are watching us online if you still have breath in your body God is summoning you today because God has a purpose for your life God has a destiny for your life and this morning I believe that God has a prophetic word that is going to unlock some things that are on the inside of you for his purposes for his uh his purposes and his 
kingdom plans. And so the parallel meaning of Passover, I believe the spirit of the Lord says when we have an understanding of the word of the living God, it brings us to a greater revelation. It brings us into a greater knowledge of who we really are in Christ. And then it brings us to a greater understanding that no, I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. No weapon that really is formed against me, it shall not prosper. No sickness, no doctor's report. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. When you have a clear understanding of who you are and who your God is, it begins to change your perspective of your situation. And then you don't become situational minded, but now you are revelation minded because you understand the revelation that God has given you. You understand who our Jesus is. So there is a parallel meaning to Passover. There is a parallel meaning to the resurrection. And I'm here to tell you that you just stepped over into a prophetic season where God is about to do the impossible to them that believe. Hey, See, the prerequisite is you've got to believe. You've got to believe. Believe God. In Exodus 21, 12. In Exodus 12. Verse 21, it begins with saying, Then Moses, he called for all the elders of Israel, and he said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families, and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop. And now I want you to dip that hyssop in the blood that is in the basin. And strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel, on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he has promised that ye shall keep this service and it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, what mean you by doing this service that ye shall say, come on, you shall say to your children, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel and Egypt. When he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed the head and worship. What does it say they do? They bowed their head and they worship. What did it say? They bowed their head and they begin to worship. Hallelujah. And so to give you the background, to give you the background of what is going on, we know the historical account of the children of Israel. It started way back when. When Joseph's brothers, they turned on him and they sold him into slavery. And so now Joseph is in a land that he knew not of, but God's hand was upon him. He was put in the pit. Hallelujah. They lied on him. 
he was put in the pit, but every single place that Joseph was placed, God prospered him. I'm here to tell you that as a child of God, you have got to know that God's hand is upon you. And in the midst of any difficulty, in the midst of any confusion, God's hand is upon you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to be with you. And I'm here to tell you, I think sometimes we forget that if God be for us, who, who, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Can no sickness be against you if God be for you? It may be there. It may be manifest in your body. But God says, I have given you my blood. And when you understand the blood, you can appropriate it to your life. So he found himself in the prison. And we know the historical account of Joseph. God raised him up. And he became the second in charge in Egypt. And so Joseph brought all of his family there with him. But as time passed, that Pharaoh that had given Joseph that favor, he passed. And all the people that were connected to that Pharaoh, they passed. And so now the children of Israel, they begin to grow and they begin to grow and they begin to grow in number to the point where they outnumbered the Egyptians at that time. And so because of fear, they enslaved them. They enslaved a whole, whole uh, society of people. And we know the story that God ended up raising up Moses. And he told Moses, I need you to go and let my people go. Because it was a set time. I'm here to tell y'all that trouble don't last always. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And it was the set time that God raised up Moses. How many of you can imagine if Moses would not have gone? In all of his inadequacies, Moses said, I can't go. I stutter. I can't even talk the right way. I can't even articulate what you want me to do. How many of us give God excuses when God is telling us to go? Hallelujah. How many of us come up with an excuse? Fear holds us back. Trauma holds us back. Our experiences hold us back. Doubt holds us back. And we won't go forward. Hallelujah. As pastor so eloquently preached to these past two Sundays, Jonah was disobedient. Hallelujah. Because he was in his own thinking. He was thinking his own thoughts. But I'm here to tell you when God sends you, when God gives you a directive, God, there are things and people that are attached to your obedience. And so Moses went. And Moses went with all of his inadequacies. But what did God give him? He gave him an errand. He gave him somebody that could come alongside of him to get the job done. And so now Moses goes to Pharaoh. And we know the historical account. The Bible says that when he went to Pharaoh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Not only his heart, but he hardened his servant's heart. He hardened the hearts of everybody that was in the midst of that situation. And I said, well, God, why would you tell Moses to go? And then when he gets there, you harden the hearts of Pharaoh. You harden the heart of all of his servants. You can find this in Exodus, the 10th chapter and the first verse. So sometimes God will send you somewhere and it ain't always smooth sailing. And it don't mean that God didn't tell you to go. It don't mean that God didn't say this is what you need to do. It don't mean that God didn't say, I need you to plant this here. It don't mean that God 
didn't say, I've called you to this city. It don't mean that God didn't say, I called you to that school. Just because difficult things arise, it don't mean that God's hand is not on you. But the Bible says he told Moses, I've hardened his heart. I've hardened the servant's heart so that they may see. They may see that I am God. That they may see the signs and the wonders that I am about to perform. Could it be that the difficulty that you are going through right now, could it be the diagnosis that the doctor has given you? Could it be that you don't have the provision that you need right now because God is trying to show somebody else that he is God? And when he finishes with you, they can't say nothing but to God be the glory. Why is it that we always think about us? But God says, I want to use you to save somebody else. I want to use you and your inadequacies to set free a whole people. All the people that I've called you to. Every single one of your family members. Any of your family that have never believed. I want to use you. I want to use you for your children. I want to use you for your auntie and bookie now. I want to use you for Susu and Bebe now. But we always crying, complaining. How do you know? Because I got two hands up. Well, why, God? No, it ain't about you. It's prophetess. It ain't about you. And so Moses goes. We know what happens. He hardened his heart. And so all the plagues came. Plague <laughs> after plague after plague. So much so. That Pharaoh said, let me go get my sorcerers. Let me go get my music, my um, magicians. <laughs> he, he, he thinking in his own mindset, I got something for you. This ain't God. God had to show him. I am God. Moses threw that rod down and his rod turned to snake and ate up the works of the enemy. I'm here to tell you that you serve a God. My God, if you only know. If you only put your confidence in, if you only put your trust in, if you only put your reliance in on that God. And so we know this story after all of the plagues and after everything that God did. He still ain't want to let him go. And so God said he was going to kill every firstborn son in all of Egypt. And so God made a provision for his people. He said, now I need you to go get a lamb. And I need you to get one without spot or blemish. We find this in Exodus, the 12th chapter. Somewhere around, I think, the 12th verse. But it's all here in Exodus 12. Go get one without a spot, without blemish. And now we just read the account of Moses calling for the elders of Israel and giving them specific instructions and telling them, now listen, listen, I'm going to kill every firstborn son, but I've made a provision for my people. You take this lamb and you slay this lamb. He gave them specific instructions. Y'all, God is so good. He told them the time of day to kill the lamb. The time of day was considered twilight. And twilight was between the hours of three and six. Why is this significant? We're going to find out in just a minute. Come on, y'all come with me. Y'all come with me. 
And so he told him, you must kill the lamb during this hour. And once you kill the lamb, I need you to take the blood. And I need you to apply it to the doorpost. Apply it over the top of the door. Apply it on the sides of the door. And when I see that blood of that sacrificial lamb, I will pass over you. Now, one thing about it, don't you come out that door. Don't you come out from under the protection of the blood. Don't you come out from under the protection of Almighty God. Because I'm about to do something in this place. And you must be obedient. But when you see that death angel come over. When I see the blood. I will pass over you. And he says, and so from this day forward. From this day forward, this is what I need you to do. Every single year, I need you to remember this. I need you to teach your children this. I need you to teach them that during this time, the blood of Jesus, it passed over us. It saved us. It was our protection. It was because of the blood that we got deliverance. It was because of the blood that he made a way for us. It was because of the blood that we were able to walk up out of slavery. We were able to walk up out of bondage that have held us captive for year after year after year. It was because of the blood that we were able to walk through dry ground. It was because of the blood that we had provision. Y'all gonna catch it after a while. It was because of the blood that we walked up out of there and we walked out of there as millionaires. It was because of the blood that none of us were sick. Y'all gonna get it after a while. None of us were feeble. The Bible says that there were no sick among them. There was no feeble among them. It was because of the blood. And so he says, every single year at Passover. Why is it called Passover? Because when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. And do you not know that Jews still celebrate this to this day? See, they never got the greater revelation <laughs> of who the lamb really was. But they understood that God protected them. And so they're getting ready to have feast on Wednesday. And when they get together, did you not know when they get together, they begin to talk about the goodness of God. They begin to talk about how God set them free. They begin to talk about the miracles that God performed in the wilderness. They begin to rehearse this. See, they understood the importance of sharing this with their children. They teach their children. This is the significance of what God did. This is what God did for us. And so when they get together, guess what they have? They have bread and wine. And they drink the bread and they drink the wine. And remembrance of that blood that passed over them. Now turn with me to John. Turn with me to John 1. Woo, glory. The parallel meaning of Passover. The parallel meaning of Passover. Turn with me to John 1 and 29. And this is when Jesus, 
we've translated over into the New Testament. And this is when Jesus was with his disciples. And one of his disciples had the greater revelation. And he says, this is John, verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Yeah. Now turn with me over to Luke, the 22nd chapter, and the verse 11. Oh, glory to God. In this passage of scripture, this is Jesus celebrating the Passover with his disciples. And they were in the upper room. And this discourse begins with them finding a location to celebrate the Passover. And Jesus says to them in verse 11, And ye shall say unto the good men of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber? And where shall I eat the Passover with my disciples? Even Jesus, oh glory, observed the Passover with his disciples. And he says in verse 12, and he shall show you a large upper room and this room is furnished. There make ready. Verse 13, and so they went and found as he said unto them and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the 12 apostles were with him. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. See, in the book of John, the last time I spoke, I told you that Jesus was in this upper room with them. And he began to tell them what was about to happen. He began to tell them that the Holy Spirit was going to come. He began to tell them that I must go away, but another is coming. He began to tell them in this world, you shall suffer. Hallelujah. But I've already overcome the world. I, I am with you. He began to tell them it was during this time while he was sitting with them. It was at the Passover feast. And he began to tell them, now listen, if you stay connected to me, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, listen, you can ask me whatsoever you will and it shall be done. It was during this time where he was telling them, listen, you have to, I'm giving you a peace and this peace shall garrison your heart. It will garrison your mind. If you keep your mind stayed on me, things are going to happen. Persecution is going to come, but I've already made a way for you. And so it was at this time, it was at this feast, it was at this Passover that he said, I must observe this Passover with my disciples before I suffer. And so Passover takes place right before crucifixion right before the resurrection this was the last passover that jesus celebrated with his disciples and so it's profound let's look at the scripture and see what he says to them verse 16 for i say unto you i will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of god i'm not gonna eat this passover with you anymore until it be fulfilled glory in the kingdom of God. Verse 17. And Jesus, woo, he took the cup 
What was the cup? He took the cup of wine and he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And so he began to tell them in this discourse, this is the last Passover, but something is about to take place. Glory be to God. Something is about to take place and my blood is going to be shed for you. I am that sacrificial lamb. Hallelujah. I am going to be that lamb that is without spot and that is without blemish. And let me tell you, just as God gave them instructions back in the Old Testament to find a lamb without spot, spot and without blemish, that was the same with our Lord and Savior. Leading up into the hours and days before he was about to be crucified, there was no just cause to crucify our Savior. They found no just cause to kill him. Even Pilate said, I wash my hands of this because there is nothing that he has done. He was perfect. He was perfect in all of his ways. He was perfect and yet they sent him. They released a murderer, a lion, filthy murderer over our Lord and Savior. And the Bible says that he was without fault. There was no sin in him. He was without blemish. So I'm here to tell you what is the parallel meaning of Passover. Jesus is the fulfillment. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And he says, just like when he told them in the Old Testament, take the lamb, kill him at twilight between 3 and 6 p.m. Do you not know that that was the very hour that Jesus the Christ was killed on the cross? The Bible tells us in Matthew, the 15th chapter. Come on, y'all write these scriptures down. Go back and study it. That it was at the ninth hour that Jesus gave up the ghost. It was the same time that they killed the Passover lamb in the Old Testament. Jesus gave up the ghost. He is the sacrificial lamb. What is the parallel meaning of the Passover? How significant is it that when Jews get together, they have wine and unleavened bread? Because leaven, they gave them specific instructions. Leaven represented sin. And they said, during this Passover time, during this Passover time, God delivered you from the hand of the wicked one he delivered you from the hand of pharaoh so when you come together don't you eat no bread with leaven in it it's representative of your sin when we come together as believers today and we take that holy communion and we break that bread and we drink of that wine we drink of that cup we are drinking the blood of jesus glory be to god when we say god cover us under the blood you've got to recognize and understand what that means can't nothing penetrate the blood of the lamb 
you not know as a blood bought. You are blood bought. You are blood bought. You are blood bought. You have been purchased. You have been redeemed by the precious blood of Almighty God. And sometimes you gotta put yourself in remembrance. You gotta shake yourself. You gotta remember. That's why He told them, "Woo!" Back in the Old Testament, do this often. Remind your children. Teach your children the importance of the blood. Don't you just come to church and leave your children behind. Teach your children that the blood of Jesus works. Teach your children how to apply the blood of Jesus to the doorposts of their life. Teach your children the precepts of God. Teach your children that there is power. Saints of God, I'm here to tell you that if a first grade student, a six year old student can go into a school with a gun and can shoot his his teacher, a six-year-old student, can go into the schoolhouse and begin to plead the blood of Jesus. We have low expectations for our children. Your children, if you teach them, your children, if you show them, they can begin to send forth angels on their behalf before they go to school. I'm here to tell you, your children can have the power of the Holy Ghost manifested in their life to the point where they show up. That's why he told them to teach them. But what do we do now? Well, my child, you know, they just, they want to go somewhere where it's on and popping. Okay, let it be on and popping. Let it be on and popping. Teach your children. The spirit said, what better time than this? A kindergartner can go to school and know how to say, cover me under the blood. And know the importance of the blood. A sixth grader can go to school and it ain't got to be a Christian school because it's rough out there but they can go to school if you've taught them the precepts of God and so Jesus told the disciples do this in remembrance of me do this as often as you can in remembrance of me why because just like the blood brought them out with provision the blood will provide for you just like the blood brought them out there was no sick there was no feeble among them the blood wants to do the same thing for you just like the blood delivered them and set them free from that which had them bound whoa i'm here to tell you you don't have to be bound to low self-esteem anymore you don't have to be bound by a foul suicidal spirit you don't have to be bound to comparison to others you don't have to be bound by sickness and disease. You don't have to be bound by situations and circumstances. You don't have to be bound by a doctor's report. You don't have to be bound by your job. You don't have to be bound by your family. You don't have to be bound by drugs. You don't have to be bound by prostitution. You can be set free. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? Before you and I were even here. Before we were even a thought in our mother's womb. A twinkle in our daddy's eye. He had already made the way for you. That's why the Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans and the thoughts that I think towards you. Before I formed you in your mother's womb. I already worked it out. I already knew your end even before your beginning. Because I am God. He says, now, now, when, 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 
with a body of Christ, get past the distractions and the lies of the enemy and realize who you really are. The spirit said prophetically, this is a season. Y'all, I'm telling you. And so you got to have eyes of the spirit so that you can see this. The spirit wants us to open our eyes to the realities of the kingdom of God. I just wish somebody would close their eyes so they can't see who next to them. So they can't see the reality of this building. But there is a supernatural kingdom. There is a supernatural God. And God sent me here to wake you up today. And he told me to tell you this. As a body of believers, we have become, and this is nationwide. See, a body means it's more than just you. A body is made up of many members. You got eyes on your body. You got teeth in your body. And I'm here to tell you, you don't realize the significance of the members of your body until one of them ain't functioning right. You don't, you don't realize the significance until one of them ain't working right. A couple weeks ago, man, my tooth started hurting me like crazy. Boy, I was sitting up in the bed crying. I was crying and I was saying, Lord, I thank you for me healing. I was like, Lord, I thank you for me healing. I believe my healing is going to come when they come take this tooth out of my mouth. But you don't realize the significance and the role that each member of the body plays until one of them is not functioning properly. I loved Bible study on this past week because the pastor had us examine what is your purpose and role in the kingdom. And I'm here to tell you, when you get before Jesus, y'all, because y'all know we teach this. Y'all do know that every single one of us, every person in this building, every one of you watching, you're going to have to stand before God and give an account of what you did while you were here. And it's not enough just to be saved. Yes, that is your entry point. That's going to get you there. But how would you feel if you stood before God and he was like, this is what I wanted you to do. This is what I placed you here to do. You ain't do none of that. This is what I assigned you to do. This is what I put on the inside of you before the foundation of the world. And so he says, we're a body, we're a body, we're a body. And what COVID did was it tried to isolate the body to where people say, now I could just log in. And the church is me. I am the church. You are the church. But the church is made up of a body of believers. And so what COVID did was it tried to isolate the body. And so now people have the mindset, I can just stay at home and I can watch. Yes, you can. But something happens when the body gets together collectively. And see, the Jewish people understood this. The disciples, they understood this. That there is more power when you join together than when you are isolated. There is power in unity. The church is here for the perfecting of the saints. And so when you come into the house, when you come into the house of the Lord and you begin to praise the Lord collectively as a body, things begin to happen in the supernatural realm. And so what the enemy has done is he has tricked and fooled a lot of the body of believers. Why am I telling you this? Because we get strength from one another. We draw strength from one another. See, the early church, they got together and they prayed. Y'all, I am here to tell you. I am here to tell you that something happens when we pray. And see, we have got the mindset, I thank your Holy Ghost, that we are all about ourselves. And it's 
about I need my breakthrough. And it's about I need to get my healing. And it's about I am going through so much. And I feel so isolated. And I feel so alone. But I'm here to tell you, as a body of believers, God never designed it for you to be alone. God never designed it for you to be in isolation. He designed it so that when you come into the body of Christ, you have somebody, hallelujah, in the body right here that's an encourager. You have somebody in the body right here that can discern that something is off. You have somebody in the body right here that says, I am a prayer and I'm going to lift you up in prayer. You have somebody in the body right here that is a teacher and that will edify you and that will teach you the precepts of God. You have somebody in the body right here that when they see you going the wrong way, they will tell you, you need to turn it around. You cannot be in isolation and think that you are going to have spiritual growth. I am here to dispel that rumor right now. As a part of the kingdom. Why? Why? I'm tying it all together. Why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? So he could see that he was God. And salvation only comes from the true and living God. Did he tell them, get together often and do this in remembrance of me? Do this in remembrance of me so you can put your mind on the things that God has already done so that you would be in constant remembrance of what the blood of Jesus has done for you. But what we have established now is a culture where we are in isolation. Y'all, I'm here to tell you that how Jesus established the early church, the church were praying for the leaders. The church were praying for those who were in leadership because they understood it was the leaders through which they were going to be fed. Y'all, if you ain't praying for your pastor, if you ain't praying for evangelists, if you're not praying for myself, when you come in here, listen, this is how God set you up to be fed. Saints of God, it's not just about you. It's about people. You can't be in the body of Christ and you only concerned about your as a body of Christ we are concerned about people we want people saved we want people filled with the Holy Ghost saints of God we come in this building every single Saturday morning and we pray do you know we praying for people all across this world it ain't about us it's about God's will being done why is the spirit saying this why because y'all have just stepped over into a season. I'm telling you, if you got any spiritual sense and you can sense the weight of glory and what God is doing in this season, saints of God, you've got to get out of what you see in the natural realm. You've got to get out of what you feel like and you've got to open up your eyes to the spirit. I'm here to tell you, God sent me here to tell you in the next week, hallelujah, all kind of miracles, signs and wonders are going to be occurring. If not anything, this is the week you should be on fire for God. This is the week that your Lord and Savior rose up from the dead with all power in his hand. Why you come in here and can't lift up your hand? 
impossible. I heard a story this past week because y'all know the, the war is still going on. The war is still going on and a missile, a missile came and it landed on the kitchen table of a house of believers. Y'all listen to me real good. It landed right there on the kitchen table, but the thing could not explode because there were believers in the house. And I believe they applied the blood of Jesus to the doorpost all the way over in Ukraine. Y'all can't tell me that the blood of Jesus can't work out your situation, that the blood of Jesus can't turn it around. The blood of Jesus is all powerful. The blood of Jesus is all powerful. You've got to get to a place where you put your faith in the blood. The blood. <laughs> the blood. The blood. See, we don't preach about the blood no more because we want somebody to come in here and give us a three-step program on how we going to get a million. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you just delight yourself in the Lord, he'll tell you how to get your million. He'll heal your body in the process. When you begin to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, all of these things will be added unto you. Come on, stand. All over the building. Come on, stand, stand, stand. The Lord sent me here to tell you. And I receive this, oh God. Come on, you've got to push past the flesh. Why we've been studying how not to walk after the flesh. How not to walk after the flesh. Because let me hear, let me tell you. If they wouldn't have obeyed God in the Old Testament. And some of them wouldn't have not done what God told them to do. And you know what? I often wonder, where, were there any that didn't go and kill that lamb? Were there any? That operated in their flesh and was like, oh, I, you know, most don't know what he's talking about. I ain't finna go kill no lamb. Y'all know how we do. And they ain't put the blood on the doorposts of the house. God is saying in this season, in order for you to experience what God is about to do, why you think he's been teaching us about the flesh? Because you can't do it walking after the flesh. That's right. If you... And we teach you this here. If you haven't set up a regimen of fasting, you should be fasting at least one time out the week and say, God, I want you. God, I need to hear your voice. I need to know what direction you want me to go in. If you are not praying, you have no excuse because we hear the spirit of the Lord. And this is for our house. It said, if you would just give him a good month, Listen, listen to what the spirit say. A good month where you are locked in in church on Sunday. You locked in the Bible study ready with your notepad. You go back and you reread those scriptures. You meditate on those scriptures. Don't just come and listen, but you meditate on them. You come out the Sunday morning, Saturday morning prayer, and you begin to put yourself in a posture. You do that. It takes 21 days to break a habit. And to form a new one. I guarantee you. You will see a difference in your life. But do you have the will to do it? He sent me here to challenge you today. And let you know. That there is a parallel meaning in Passover. And when we leave this sanctuary here today. On Wednesday. Jews all across this world. Are going to be getting together. 
And they're going to be talking about the goodness of their God. Now, they don't believe in the Messiah, but they're going to be eating and they're going to be drinking and they're going to be telling their children about how God delivered them. Now, how about on Sunday when we come up in this sanctuary and we who are blood-bought believers, if we don't come up in here ready to praise God and give him the glory for what the blood of Jesus has done for us, for what Jesus has done for us, if we don't begin to give him glory for what he's about to do and the manifestation of what God is about to do, y'all, I'm here to tell you that there is victory in your praise. You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the word has to say to you. And we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.